Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, you know what the name of that is now. Oxford. <laughs> Shoes. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I just want to share this really quick to, um, you know, because it start, you know, when it starts to hit close to home, like he was sharing, you know, fear would try to come in, but we don't fear anything. We only fear the Lord, you know, and that's, that's the beginning of wisdom. But here it says in Psalm 23, and I was just thinking about this when you were uh, doing some quoting there. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of thine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Yeah. I always think about the enemies. You think about physical enemies or, you know, human being enemies. No, this can be any enemy. The enemy to your faith, they all stand back and watch while you come up to the table of what God's provided for you. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, right? And you're just coming, you're just walking right up to that table and you're just like, Strutting your stuff in the, in the, you know, because you come boldly to the throne of grace. You can come up boldly to the throne, to the table that God's prepared before the presence of your enemies. All they can do is stand back and watch you partake of what God's provided for you. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, the kingdom of God is within you, which is not meat and drink, but light, but what is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then this last scripture really quick. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Amen. So, again, you just, when fear tries to come, you've got authority to take authority over it. Amen? In Jesus' name. Because just like during praise and worship, that name is above every name. And so we don't have anything but to fear. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, have we not been so blessed this last week? Amen. Uh huh. How many hasn't been blessed? Oh, you haven't? Come up here. Would you? There's this young lady right here, back in the fourth row, and she, listen, she, she raised her hand and said she hasn't been blessed this week. Can you believe that? Huh? There's two more certain, well, today and tonight. If you just hang on tight. Uh, my sister, God is going to bless you. <laughs> huh? Bring her up on the front row. She needs, we need to get her closer to the Lord, right? <laughs> no, amen. We know. I am reminded of that. You might remember when Dad Hagen told that story about that lady who was testifying. I've told it sometimes. And they would have a testimony service. And, uh, you know, she got... Uh, uh, you know, they, they got different ones and person stand up and they'd testify what the Lord's done and this and that. And so this one lady stood up and said, you know, testifying, said, the, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> now she got her praise mis, misplaced, right? Amen. But the point is, is that, you know, uh, what is the point? <laughs> huh? I thought he was going to say, I thought he was going to say, well, um, well, what has the Lord delivered you from sister? And she says, well, the Lord's delivered me from eating boogers. Yeah. I haven't had, but three all week. True story. Have you heard that one before? Yeah. Lord's delivered me. Lord's delivered me. Yeah. What sister? What's she done? Hey, the Lord's delivered me. Yeah. The Lord's delivered me from eating boogers. Haven't had, but three all week. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
There's Kleenex boxes at the end of each row, so you can... <laughs> anyway, but, but me sharing that, some of the things they got into this last week, you'll have to go back and get the, get the message. It was way, it was further out from the dock than that one. <laughs> but, praise God, amen? But I'll tell you, the Lord is good, amen? And I know Sister Oksana's been blessed. So anyway, we just, we tease a lot, huh? Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I know. Anyway, sometimes we, it's like, you know, you ever had a teacher that was, you kind of played that? They, they did a, a backwards question, you know. They were asking for the, actually the reverse of what it seems written. And anyway, trying to trick. But I wasn't trying to, huh? Yeah, it seems that way. But anyway, I, I don't, now you all know I don't trick people here, right? <laughs> But anyway, praise the Lord. Well, this last week, you know, what we have been experiencing, and just so, you know, everyone understands a little bit more, but these are Holy Ghost meetings. And uh, what, what is a Holy Ghost meeting? Well, the Holy Ghost meeting is a place where the, you know, a, a meeting where the Word of God is taught and or preached, number one. But it's a place where the Holy Ghost is leading and in manifestation. And... The needs of the people are being met, and the joy of the Lord is present. Yes. So, has that happened this week? Yes. Well, see, and that's Holy Ghost meetings, right? Amen. And, praise God, you know, we always endeavor to follow the Holy Ghost. But I'm just so thankful for Brother Richard, Sister Rhonda, and the anointing that's on their life. We all have, we all have gifts differing, yes. and different flows and different flavors. That's what is, makes the body of Christ so wonderful and different ministry gifts because you know it would be so boring if all you had was one spice right and you know the right spice on the right food is the right thing and you know what how the Lord leads them and how the Lord uses them we are just so blessed because I know that there's been impartations thus far this week and lives are never going to be the same again to the glory of God. And that's what it's about because real revival, you know, obviously refires the saints and gets them all fired up for the Lord and, and such. But, you know, then this spills out of our lives to go out into the world and to reach other people. And uh, praise God. I'll tell you what, the, the stirring that God is endeavoring to to have transpire across the United States, here in Oregon, of course, and all across the United States and around the world, is a great move of God, a great move of the Spirit. And uh, Brother Lester Summerall, of course, uh, Brother Richard was sharing about how that Brother Lester, the last time he saw him, he talked to him and prophesied about this move of God that was going to come, that he wasn't going to live to see. And there's been other prophecies, you know, and of course, Brother... uh, uh, Brother Smith Wigglesworth talked about the Word and the Spirit coming together in the, in the finality of things. And, uh, you know, back in the healing revival, there was a revival of the manifestations of the Spirit. And many people were praying, praying and fasting, etc. And that, you know, really broke out across the United States, 1947. But the thing is, then, you know, you've had different renewals, and of course, all down through, and you know, the Jesus movement and the charismatic renewal, full gospel, and all this. But, uh, and then the word, you know, what we call the word movement. And then you had different outpourings in different places, of course. But, you know, Brother Rodney, 
uh, was touched by the fire and the power of God. Brother Richard was there, you know, with him when at the very first starting of, of really when the fire of God hit him, right? When he come to the States or? 1980. 1989. And hit Brother Richard in 90. So, but there was a, you know, there was a connection, a spiritual connection with them and their friendship and everything. And, and God does that. God connects you with people. And it's supernatural. And, and this, this is the time of the, the former and the latter reign all together at the last. Why? To bring in the last harvest. That's why the, that's why Jesus hasn't come back is because the husbandman, James 5 says, is waiting for what? For the precious fruit of the earth. And so, praise God, we're right there. I said, we're right there. And so the fields are already white unto harvest. And so we got to go tell people the good news. Amen. And so these meetings, meetings like this, and when we come to church, but I mean, it's just so wonderful to have this flow, glory to God. And, you know, being refreshing. And the Lord, of course, promised that. Times are refreshing from the presence of the Lord, right? Times of restitution of all things at hand. And uh, so we, we, we can rejoice because the time is short. Jesus is coming again. I said, Jesus is coming again. Amen. And uh, we really, preachers really need to get back to preaching that strong again, like they used to years ago, because it really stirs the saints, of, saints afresh. And to know that each and every one of us has a vital part because all of us have a calling in our life. We're all called. We're all called to do a work for God, to go into our own world and preach the gospel. And like Peter said there, and Peter and John, you know, of course, such as I have, give I thee. You can't give somebody something you don't have. So I say all of that to encourage every person that these Holy Ghost meetings, you know, are to go on. These are not to end. It's just the beginning. And these, this is to spill out into the streets, just like Acts 2, just in a greater and more profound way. And we know people have already been out you know, talking to people about Jesus. What a wonderful move of the Spirit Friday night. And those, uh, you know, praise the Lord. Four individuals come and got saved. Praise God. Have some more coming tonight. I mean, that's awesome. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Amen. Is to get the harvest in, right? And the manifestations of the Spirit are the harvest equipment to reach people, right? Amen. So praise the Lord. I won't say any more about that, but uh, just so you kind of understand, because sometimes people come into a service and they don't really understand, well, what's going on? What's all the laughter? What's all the joy? Well, one of the things I want to read here, I just want to read this real briefly, but turn in your Bibles to Psalms. Of course, we've already had a few Psalms here today, but look at Psalms 126. This is really important because sometimes people think, you know, laughter's not in the Bible, joy's not in the Bible, the scripture from Romans has already been quoted, and we're not going to go into that all today. But whenever the joy of the Lord is present, freedom is found. Because people are experiencing freedom from bondages being broken off of their lives. Those who were once slaved to sin, the shackles have fallen off. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's the work of God. And that's why we're here, amen? To meet together. To take the spirit and the power of the living God out to the streets. Amen. But look what it says here, Psalm 126. It says in verse 1, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Now in the New Testament, who's, who, who's Mount Zion? Who, who's Zion? 
the born-again believer, right? So when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with what? Filled with what? Laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done what? Great things for them. Verse 3, the Lord had done great things for us, whereof we're, gl- we're glad. It doesn't say whereof we're sad. It says whereof we're glad. And so when people have that hilarity about them, when they have that by the wellspring of the Holy Ghost, that's what makes Jesus attractive to people. Because we don't go around depressed and, you know, looking again, you know, at the newspaper and, you know, sad, you know, well, what's going to happen, you know, in these end days? Well, we know what's going to happen. Evil men are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And uh, lovers of themselves, etc. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to have its finest hour. Yes, it is. Amen. And that's why we need that fresh empowerment and the refreshing of the Holy Ghost on our lives so that we can dispense it to the world around us. Amen. But you notice there, and I'm not going to, you know, you read that, go home and meditate. But you see, it's all in the Word of God. This is scriptural. I said this is scriptural. These things. And you always have wildfire and fanaticism and a little extreme stuff, you know. But I'll tell you what, when you talk to some of the people that seem to be the most extreme and then you find out their testimony of what God delivered them from, freed them from, uh, healed them from, uh, set them free from, then you can really rejoice with them. Amen? I remember this lady in a meeting a while back we were in that she had this whole bag of medicine, oh, empty containers of, of just a whole big bag, like a big bag you'd get from Nordstrom's. Yeah, a big pillowcase full of empty jars of medicine. And she was all off of them, delivered by the power of God. And she was kind of, yeah, she was kind of, you know, she kind of radical lady. You know, kind of stands out in the crowd. But I'll tell you what, you know, like remember what Jesus said about the one? He said, you know, he who's forgiven much loves much. See, when you realize what the Lord's done and what he's redeemed you from and, and you're free, you got a testimony and the world can't take it away because they didn't give it to you. Jesus did. Amen. So, you know, you, 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 when people get, you know, you think they're a little bit out, out there, you know, don't, don't worry about that because we'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. Amen. And you know that if you've been with us, you know that. Amen. So praise the Lord. Just remember that and just receive today. Um, a couple of things I do want to, uh, make mention of, uh, of course, uh, uh, you're looking into the bulletin. I think everybody got a bulletin, right? Uh, you can see there are vision service times, of course, uh, tonight, 6 PM. And then there's going to be anointing service, right? Isn't that tonight? Yeah. Tonight. You don't want to miss that. Bring people, right? Call them and uh, invite them tonight. It's going to be a wonderful service. And then of course, uh, this Tuesday night, We'll have our midweek service and then praise the Lord Thursday night. We got corporate prayer and uh, praise God. Uh, come and be a part of that. All right. You can see there getting involved in the ministry of helps and uh, specifically uh, 
Our men's advance, the dates are set for June 4th through the 6th. That's a Thursday evening through a Saturday. And uh, praise the Lord. And I'll just tell you, men, you don't want to miss it. We're going to have a wonderful time at Rockaway Beach. You can see Brother Kimo or Brother Doug uh, with, uh, with uh, getting more information. But you can see there in the bulletin the, uh, the, the cost is going to be, it says 120, I think it's 125 uh, is actually what it is. But anyway, we'll get that straightened out. But uh, that's going to be uh, due in, oh, wait a minute. No wonder I had the wrong information, the wrong week's bulletin. <laughs> who put that up here? I'm going to find out who that was. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 125. That, anyway, I was reading the wrong stuff. Anyway. So, uh, the first non-refundable payment of $60 due April 5th. So, mark that, guys. And uh, praise God. And Brother Sam's going to be going with us again, and then he's going to minister on Sunday morning. So, praise God. We had a wonderful time last year. So, uh, come and be a part of that, okay? And there's a sign-up sheet preliminarily uh, that you can see after the service if you're planning on going, Okay. And honey, I, didn't, I don't think I missed anything, did I? We're going to go ahead and receive this time our morning tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, there should be one in front of you. You can give online at alfc.net. But also, I want to tell you too at this time, if you haven't been with us, that uh, at the end of the service, uh, the Moors come up here at their own expense. And uh, they're believing God, you know, to, amen, uh, you know, for their ministry and every need to be met. And so... Praise God. We are just so blessed to have them up here, and we want to bless them in a wonderful way. And so uh, just keep that in mind here, uh, you know, for later in the service there too. And uh, don't forget about these, uh, these magnets in the back that uh, had a lot of great testimonies about them. And uh, you can buy those in the back. And, of course, the tracks downstairs. We've got new books in downstairs and uh, Bibles, of course. And you can go down there and avail yourselves to that after the service and you can see Sister Peggy about that, okay? And, of course, the Moors will have their uh, uh, book uh, DVD area, CD area, not tapes, <laughs> no eight tracks available, too, after the service. So make sure and go back there and, and be blessed. Amen? Father, we do thank you and praise you for all of your blessings. We thank you, Father God, as we pray over the tithe today. We thank you, Lord, for every need met, every bill paid. We thank you for abundance and no lack. We thank you, Father, that you promised to open the windows of heaven and pour upon us a blessing that we would not have room enough to receive. And, Lord, we thank you for leading and guiding us by the Holy Ghost, giving us the best business opportunities, best in sales, commissions, advancements, knowing when to buy, when to sell, and everything, Father God, and for the forces of the angelic company that's all around us, we commission them to go forth, to cause the money to come, the open doors to come. Every need to be met. And Lord, as a church family, we thank you once again for our own buildings and lands paid for. We thank you for supernatural favor. And we count it done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, go ahead, ushers, and you can receive. Praise God.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Brother Richard, are you ready? He's ready to roll. Amen. Man, we love them so much. Aren't they great? Great folks. I'll tell you, just, that was so wonderful Friday night. That was just... And you can go to the website and listen to, of course, all the messages online. But uh, I'll tell you what, glory to God. I look forward to what's today and tonight. It's going to be good. The Lord is so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, we, we have so appreciated, all the, obviously, all that the Lord's been doing. And there's, there's always more. You never, you never come to the end. There's always more. Amen. And um, praise the Lord. You know, as pastor was talking earlier about, you know, the excess. You know what? I, I like what one old time preacher said. He said, I'd rather have the noise of a nursery than the deathly silence of a graveyard any day. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. You know, we as, the, as, as Christians, you know, we should, the world should not see us as they see themselves. When they see us, they should see, number one, they should, they should see that we're marked by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Because when Jesus, Jesus said... Or in John, uh, uh, or Matthew 3, John said when he comes, here's what's going to happen. He's going to baptize us in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Amen. Fire should not be something that is void in our lives. Fire should be something, hello, fire should be something that's a part of our life. And when the fire of God's on you, I promise you, you're going to stand out. Amen. I don't know why the people think that they, they, they have to let the world know that their relative or they, they identify. We don't identify as the world. Amen. We're not a friend of the world. Amen. We don't want anything that the world has. Amen. And we don't act like the world. You know, when, when I got saved, I stopped acting like the world because the world got out of me and a new life got into me. Amen. Hallelujah. And, um, and listen, we're, we're, we believe, we, we appreciate Pastor Monty and Dawn so much. And they're, thank God that they've, Come into our lives. You need people of faith. You need Holy Ghost people in your life. Amen. And we will believe in what they're doing here. And it's just the beginning. And and we just like to know that we just had a little part in what 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 um, <clears throat> the Lord started here. I believe this city is going to be shaken by Abundant Life Family Church. Amen. But it's going to take the body of Christ coming together. Amen. It's amazing. Everybody wants to leave it up to the pastors. But that's not how God intended for it to be. Amen. It's for the body of Christ. Ever since, like I said the other night, not everybody's called in, into the fivefold ministry, but everybody's called to tell people about Jesus. Yes. Amen. And actually, we're going to give an account. We're going to stand before the Father and give an account of everything that He told us to do. You know, it's amazing when you become eternity minded how you begin to change things you do. Amen. Uh, you won't be so quick. You know, I shared, the sto- I shared the story the other day, or sometime this week, I believe I shared the story about when we was associate pastor about the couple that left the church because it's going to make more money. That's never a reason to leave the church, is it? And uh, <clears throat> it's amazing how people make money the issue, but money can't be the issue. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. But people make decisions because they don't make decisions in the light of eternity. Everything we do, we have to do it in the light of eternity. Right. Amen? No, everything we do, because no matter what you save in this life, it can be gone tomorrow. 
No, no matter what you listen. And, and let me just say this to you. Just, 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 it's amazing how people put their trust in things. Never put your trust in things. Never put your trust in money. Never put your trust in the stock market. Never put your trust. Listen, just even because you're in a will doesn't mean nothing. I found that out in just in my own life. Just because somebody's got a will and you're in it don't mean absolutely, it means absolutely nothing. I mean, our trust is always in the Lord. Amen. Our trust is always in God, and we should be on a, on a regular, on a yearly basis. Listen, <clears throat> examine your life. You know, we're going to do communion here in a moment. And matter of fact, go ahead and turn with me to First Corinthians chapter eleven. <clears throat> and we're going to do communion here in a moment, and um, you know, and, and we're going to read here in a moment. The Bible says that we're to examine ourselves. Amen. The Bible says we're to examine ourselves. You know, it's amazing how people, you know, they like to, people that don't even serve God. Well, I'm not going to do the communion now, but we're going to do it here just in, at the end of the service. But it's amazing how people don't even serve God, but you know, they, like, they like to quote the scripture, well, don't judge me. I'll, I always ask them, well, okay, where's that found at? Actually, the Bible says we are to judge. And him as a spiritual tutor, we are to judge. Amen? Come on. Come on, church. We are to judge. Judge, you can, you can all, listen, you can tell people by their fruit. You can tell people how, how, how they walk in their life with God by their actions. No, amen? Because it's better to judge yourself here because if you don't judge yourself here, you'll stand before God and, and be judged. We're all going to stand before God and be judged. But we got to examine ourselves, amen? Hallelujah. I know the Lord touched this dear sister here in the back last night. Uh, uh, Friday night. It was so awesome. It's just the beginning for you. Just the beginning. I know, I know Adam, or Adam, Stephen, jeez, I don't know where Adam come from. <laughs> you know, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I don't know where Adam came from. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Uh, I was testifying. I was talking with Stephen um, uh, coming in this morning, and he's talking about his friends and that came here Friday night and how they got. You know, it's so amazing. I, I came in here and I was gonna, I was gonna talk about signs and wonders and miracles, and I started reading scripture. But as I'm reading the scriptures, I knew I was supposed to do something else, and, and it's amazing. You got to follow the Holy Ghost, and it's and, and it's amazing how even in my mind, as I'm preaching, my mind says, "You've already shared this this week." You don't have to share it again. But you know what? You got to follow the Holy Ghost. And, uh, man, and I just begin, and your friends, I mean, Stephen was even telling me that the one, even talking the Christian lingo. <laughs> I mean, even talking about rebuking the devil. I mean, I mean, it's amazing how, how things happen, you know. But that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, we're supposed to go after the world. I mean, we're supposed to go after the world. We're supposed to go after the lost. Amen? Go into all the world. Listen, they want... Here's the reality. People that know that you're saved, I, I promise you, listen to me, I promise you, they want to know about the God you serve. Because everybody has in them eternity. Everybody. God's, that's what I'm about to say. God's put it in us. Everybody has eternity in them. And they, they, they want to know. They want to know about your life. They want to know about your God. But they're not going to come up, 99.9% of them aren't going to come up and talk to you about it. They, but they want you to come and talk to them. I, rem, I remember a number of years, I had to repent. I have, a number of years ago, uh, 
I had my wife, you know, got up the other night and began to talk about, you know, me wanting a Harley instead of furniture. I don't know why. She said you couldn't sit on it, but I could bring it in the house and put it in the living room. I don't know why, what's the issue. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I can hang my suit coat on. I mean, it's just like the extra size machine you have in your house. I mean, that's what you do with them, hang clothes on them. <laughs> you know, you don't use them to work out. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny. So, But for, I have... A number of friends of mine, I have a number of friends that are, are, are used to be bikers and, in, in, you know, some were Hells Angels, some were Outlaws, they used to be bikers. And my wife would say, they love me. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why, because first off, I'm very real. The way I am in church is the way I am outside. When I pray, I don't put on a different voice. I don't try to get all spiritual like some religious people do. You know what I'm talking about? What the hell, dear God? <laughs> We come to thee today, God. I mean, stop. <laughs> it's so fake and phony, but that's how people do. Be yourself. Amen? Be yourself. <laughs> really? I mean, but they, but they do it. You know, they act. Anyway. But they love me. They do know. They, they, they do. They love me. And, um, and uh, so I had this one friend of mine, this biker friend of mine. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. Him and his wife, actually. Uh, and... Uh, but he, had, he always had to wear a bandana, and he had tattoos all over him, and he'd, get in the, he'd go to these biker routes. I actually got, went to one with him one time, this biker route. He'd get, he would get up and get in these tattoo contests. And, but in church, he always had to wear a bandana because when he was in this, the biker gang, he, he tattooed his forehead. And it's not a very nice Christian saying across his forehead. <laughs> so he wore a bandana. He had this long beard. And he used to, what do you call it, braid it. He braided his beard. and Anyway, so he said, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So he, he, um, he said to me, he said to me one time, he said, he called me, he said, hey, man, let's go riding. And he had his other biker friend with him and his, and his, and his wife. And I, he, he, called her, he called his wife his old lady. I had to stop. I had to tell you, stop calling her your old lady. You might have did that in the world, but she's not your old lady. <laughs> and it's amazing how that was just like news to him. It's like, I mean, he never, I mean, he didn't know anything, you know, but he was so hungry for God. And um, anyway, so I go, I go to this um, I go to this biker rally with him. I didn't know where I was going. I thought we'd just taken a ride. We, so we're, here we are riding our Harleys down the interstate. And next thing I know, we go to this out, way out in the middle of nowhere in Florida, which Florida is very, you know, I like to tease the Texans. You know, we have more cattle in Florida than they have in Texas. It's a fact. And uh, look, more cattle. Cow? Cattle. We have more cattle in Texas. Cows. Cattle. Cows. <laughs> and uh, and because uh, <clears throat> you get outside of the edge of Florida, with, we'll get away from the water and get inside. It is it's it's very country. And um, so we go to this, we pull up, and there's like fifteen, twenty thousand bikers and and these biker gangs. I'm like, oh, where where am I at? <laughs> and um, but him was he did he just fit right in. And so I remember. I'm leaving a lot of things out. We go to this um, 
area. There's like a thousand of the bikers there, and they have this cat tattoo contest. He said, and I said to him, I said, his name is Mike. I said, Mike, I, I think I'm going to leave. I just didn't. It's not my world, you know what I mean? And I just didn't. I, I didn't fit in. And... uh and so, but I stayed a little while, and he said, well, stay, and I'm going to get in this tattoo contest. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, I, re, I remember, you know, so he gets in this tattoo contest, and, and there's like a thousand people, there and they're drinking, and they got their whiskey bottles, and they got their beer bottles, and they got their cigarettes, and other kind of cigarettes, and <laughs> they got all this stuff here, you know. And, but you know what? I started listening to the people. Around me. And I tell you, they're crying out to God. I, I mean, I overheard this one lady saying, well, God would never forgive me. He just, I've done too much. But, but they got a sense of eternity. And they want to know. They don't want religion. They do not want religion. I don't want religion. I've been, listen... I've been in bondage and I've been free. I like freedom a whole lot better. Amen. Amen. And so, but I'm, I promised Mike I'd stay for him. So he gets up and the, does his tattoo thing. And thank God that there was no nudity there. But I mean, they had these women. And there was this lady. She's like 80-some years old. She's in short skirt and everything and tattooed everywhere. And, I, and she gets up and, and I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I'm like, it's an image I don't need in my head, Jesus, I don't need that image, I don't need to see an 85 year old woman tattooed, I mean, but, but they, but it's their world, and they're getting up there and doing all this stuff, and I'm, and I'm like, oh Jesus, and then Michael gets up there, and, and, all, and I look around, and here's all these bikers, and they got their whiskey bottles, and like they got their, their whiskey bottles, and they're going, yeah, and I'm going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so Michael's wife comes up to me, and she goes, the Lord told me how to get every one of these people saved tonight. I said, and she told me what she's going to do. She said, Pastor Richard, let me run it by you. I said, go, go do it. Go for it. And so she gets up, and here's what she does. And you know what? I watched, I saw more reverence for God amongst them bikers than I see amongst church people. I watched, I watched her get up, and here's what she, she went and said to the, um, what do you call the guy who's the host, the moderator, MC? She, because a lot of them are ex, ex-military people. And... Um, she gets up and she tells the MC what she wanted to do. And so he stops. He says, ladies and gentlemen, we have Lisa Moses here. And she's the wife of Michael Moses down there on the end. And you hear him, yeah. And she says, she's going to pray for you today. And I watched. I watched. They took their hats off. They, 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 let me have your water. They took, they, they, they took their hats off. They'd have their beer bottles in the hand or whiskey bottles, and they put it on the heart, and they bowed their head. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, we only see that in church. And she started to pray. And she, first how she started to pray for the troops. Then after she prayed for the troops, she said, now keep your heads bowed and your eyes shut and pray this prayer with me. Jesus, you are Lord. And I started hearing all the people, Jesus, you're Lord. 
Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Wash me in your blood. I'm sitting there going like. And they prayed. She, they prayed the sinner's prayer. I mean, they, they invited Jesus in their life. They didn't know they were going to, but they invited Jesus into their life. And they got, they got born again. And I looked around, and I mean, I don't see one of them not praying. But I see them honoring the Lord with their hats off and their hand on their heart. And then, then and she went through the whole thing, and, and, and she said, now, now, shout, Jesus is my Savior. And they, they raised their hands up with their whiskey bottles and their beer bottles. Jesus is my Savior. <laughs> Now, religious people freak out over that. Well, that's, that's why. Please give me a break. But you know what? Then I felt to leave. And you know what? I saw them. That was a Saturday night. I saw them on Sunday morning. They come up to me. They didn't get home until just a few hours ago. <laughs> but you know what? She said to me, she said, Brother Richard, you'll never, you'll never realize, believe what happened. I said, tell me. She, would, she said, Afterwards, I had all these people coming up to me. I cannot tell you, she said, Brother Richard, with the tears in some of their eyes, these old rough biker dudes, these biker chicks, and they come up to me, Hey, lady, I prayed that prayer with you. She said, We walked down the sidewalk, and people from the other side of the sidewalk would make it a point to shout, Hey, lady, I prayed that prayer with you. Hello? Listen, we're to be radical for Jesus. No, we're to be radical for Jesus. No, we're to be radical for Jesus. No, we don't want people to be... Well, actually, I said to my wife, I do want people to be like me. Because if people was like me, they wouldn't drive, fa- they wouldn't drive slow in a fast lane. I, won't, <laughs> I want people to be like me. <laughs> That's a pet peeve with me, man. I, 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 my wife would tell you, well, I, I hate it. I hate it. I mean, just it, my wife says, you know, you got road rage. <laughs> but I just, oh, it's just like, and it's all, it's always a woman in Jesus' name. Why? What? Why? What did I say? What did I? Did I say that? <laughs> they didn't hear me say that. <laughs> no, actually, actually, it used to. <laughs> yeah, we got an ex race driver here. You know, it's um, I used to say that, but you know what? Now it's not that anymore. Here's what it is now. It's all. It's all. It's it's male, male and female. But here's what it is. Text that even makes me even matter. Anyway, all right, I just revealed one of my shortcomings to you. <clears throat> but my point is this, is that we need to examine ourselves. The world's crying out. They want to hear. This is not my message, but listen, they want to hear. They want to know. If you're born again, they want to know. First off, they just even see something different about you. They want to know. And so I told you that story about my biker friend because I had to repent. Because 
actually, I had another friend of mine come who, and I borrowed his bike, which that's a sacred thing to a biker. But he allowed me to borrow his bike for my friend. Actually, he rode his and my friend rode mine. And so they come to get it because it's pouring down rain in Florida and, and, and he had some other people with him. And so they come to my house. And listen, these people are radical, especially his wife. I think she had led, I think she led in one year, I think she led over just by herself, almost 20,000 people to the Lord just by herself. And because it's really easy to, to lead people to the Lord. It's really easy. The harvest is ready. No, the harvest is ready. And so here's what, here's what I had to repent about. Because she comes, as, as they're loading the bike up, she comes over and she brings my neighbor to me. And, and, and she says, Brother Richard, this is, this is your neighbor. Well, I'm never home. I'm gone. I'm on the road 300 days a year. She, but when I am home, so she, she said, he just gave his life to Jesus. Well, first off, that's wrong. I shouldn't have to have a friend of mine get my neighbor saved. I should be doing it. And then you know what my, this, this, then this is what made me feel horrible. You know what my neighbor said to me? My neighbor said, I didn't know you was a preacher. <laughs> here's, here's what, but this gets worse. Here's what my neighbor said. I didn't know you was a preacher. I thought you was a professional golfer. I would tell my friends that I live, I live by a golfer because she, here's what he said. He said, you're never home. And when you are home, you always got golf clubs in your hand. And I just figured you was a, a professional golfer. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, my flesh is going, I wish. <laughs> but I'm going, I'm like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. You know what? That's why we need to, that's why I said we got to examine ourselves. Amen. We need to examine ourselves. And you know what? It was so easy. She just walked across the street, and within a, mat, within a matter of minutes, he was born again. I'd lived there for, up to that time, 10 years. You know what? And I had to examine myself that day, and that was wrong. I'm just, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Okay? How are they going to know unless they hear? But they want to hear. They want to know. Trust me. They want to know. Because we have, listen, we have, we, have the, we have the cure of all ills in their life. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 11? <laughs> you haven't found it by now, forget about it. <laughs> look at your neighbors. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I yield myself to you today. Have your way in this house. And may not one person leave here today without knowing you. May not one person leave here today without a fresh touch from heaven. May not one person leave here today, Lord, sick. May not one person leave here today bound up. Lord, I thank you that in this house there's freedom. Lord, I thank you that in this house is your presence. And Lord, may every individual here today under the sound of my voice get into that river that is life. And we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Verse 23, I have, for I have received of the Lord which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus on, on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after he had supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of, of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Let's just keep reading. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself. And so... Eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and unhealthy among you, and many die. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. <clears throat> but when we are judged, we are dis disciplined by the Lord, so that we would not be condemned with the world. So, let's finish it out here. Verse 33, So my, brethren, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone hungers, let him eat at home, so that you may not come together in condemnation. And I will set the rest in order when I come. But I want you to understand here, as we begin to, as, uh, I'm, I'm going to share with you about the subject that's so important and that every individual must have a revelation of. Every, how you doing buddy? <laughs> the Lord touched you the other night, didn't He? In such an awesome way. And every one of us must have a, a revelation of the fact that we are the redeemed of the Lord. That's right. we're not, and understand, we're not going to be redeemed. We are redeemed. As I said to you the other night, Jesus didn't come here to start a church, but He did come to give us life. He did come to redeem us. Amen. And the Bible says that we are the redeemed of the Lord. So when the Lord looks at us, when the Lord sees you, the Lord doesn't look at you and the Lord doesn't see you sick. He doesn't see you poor. He doesn't see you condemned. Understand, He sees you as the redeemed of the Lord. He sees us through the eyes of redemption. Because the Bible, listen, understand something. When it comes to the subject of healing, well, listen, understand, when it comes to the subject of redemption, He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us. That's, that's past tense. That's not something that is going to take place. It's something that has already taken place. Amen? Amen? That's why Peter, when Peter looked back at the cross, that's why Peter in 1 Peter 2.24, that's why Peter said, by whose stripes you were healed, meaning it's past tense. Remember what Isaiah said? Isaiah said, by whose stripes you are healed. Matthew said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. He bear our diseases. And I think that there's at, uh, if there's any area that the body of Christ must come into new understanding of, it's the subject of redemption. Because understand something. When you understand that you are the redeemed of the Lord, you actually, listen to me, you absolutely fear nothing. You fear nothing when it comes to viruses. You feel nothing when it comes to sickness and disease. Why? You, you fear it not. Why? Because the life of God's in you and you know that you are the redeemed of the Lord. And understand something. Life is greater than death. Life is greater than death. Life is on the inside of you. The life of God's on the inside of you. Life is greater. Just like light is greater than darkness. I don't care how dark it is. The moment, the moment the light comes on, darkness goes away. Why? Because light is greater than darkness. Understand something. Blessing is greater than the curse. I have people on a regular basis come up to me and want to be set free from the, from, you know, generational curses. People want to focus People, it's amazing how people focus on generational curses, but focus on generational blessings. 
Just like I said the other night, you know, people, everything's the devil, devil, devil. But it's not because the people, are, people become, and it's a trick of the enemy. People become devil conscious. You need to be Jesus conscious. Amen? Don't be curse conscious. Be, be blessed conscious. Amen? Because understand something. The, 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 the curse is to only, to what, three generations? Isn't it three? But the Bible says the, the blessing is to a thousand. So why do you want to focus on the curse? Why do you want to focus? Why do you want to focus on the sickness? Hello, understand something. Blessing is greater than the curse. Light is greater than darkness. Life is greater than death. And Paul said here, when Jesus was speaking, and here's what I want you to see from from First Corinthians eleven. When Jesus held. The bread, which is representation of his body, when he held the cup, which is a representation of, of his blood, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So if we're to do this in remembrance of him, let, let's get into what he did so that we can remember. And this is something that we shouldn't, listen, for me personally, uh, my wife, uh, my wife, wife I, I take communion, I haven't this week because I didn't bring my stuff with me, but I, when I, especially when I'm home, I take communion almost daily. And for a number of reasons, because I don't want this to be something that I just give mental assent to. I don't want, I don't want to give the, I don't want the word of God. I don't want to, I don't want what Jesus did. I don't want redemption just to be something that I can quote scripture about, something that I just understand with my head. I want it to be real to me. I want it to be, I want it to be revelation to me. Because that's really what the foundation of the church is. The really, the foundation of the church is revelation. Not, not, not knowing about God. Knowing God is the foundation of the church. God never intended for us just to know about Him. God never, He never intended for us to know about what He did. He wanted us to know it. The Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Not those that know about God, those that know Him. And the Bible says that we are the redeemed of the Lord. So as you begin to look at this, when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, there's some things that we have to remember. And so we have to go back to the cross. We have to go back to the Garden of Gethsemane. We have to go back and look at his life. Understand something. Jesus came here for one purpose. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that he was slain before the foundations of the world. So understand something. He was slain before the foundations of the world. The Bible says that if, if hell would have known what was going to take place during the crucifixion, the Bible says that they would never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Because understand, there's a number of things that you get out of that. Well, one of the things is, is that when Jesus was on the earth, hell only had to deal with Jesus. Now hell has to deal with, with the body of Christ. You could say that we're Jesus on the earth because we are the body of Christ. No, we are the body of Christ. And Jesus un- intended for you and I to live like he lived in this life. How many know, as I said Friday night, how many know there was not a struggle when it came to Jesus and the kingdom of darkness? There was not a struggle. Amen? There was not a struggle. And it's amazing. You know, I've heard even people say, well, you know, once you get saved, you know. Understand something. You're you're still going to have things to deal with. Life is going to throw things at you. It's listen, Listen to me. It's not unscriptural to be in a battle it's only unscriptural to lose the battle amen and the battle only lasts for a season 
Don't come to tell, don't come tell me that, you know, it's been 30 years and you've been in the same fight. No, no, no. Then there's an issue. And the issue's the one. <laughs> Look in the mirror. That's the issue. Come on. There ain't no such thing as a 30-year struggle. It's, hello? Well, I've been, no, 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 no. Stop. But what happens, people want to start focusing on him. We don't focus on the devil. The only thing we focus on the devil is this. Come out in Jesus' name. That's what we focus. Amen? Come out in the name of Jesus. And, and we have, listen, we have the power to set the captives free. Do you, do you realize the hurting people that's in the world? Do you understand the people that are hurting? The people that, there, there's people, you don't see it, but they're crying out. They lay, their, they lay their head on their pillow before they go to sleep at night. God, if you're real, please show me. People want to know. Listen to me. People want to know. And if there's anything, if there's anything out of this week, it's this, is that you rise up as the body of Christ and do even more than you've been doing. Amen? Do even more than you've been doing. Pray for, begin to pray for people. Begin to pray for people out on the street. Begin to pray for people in the mall. Begin to pray for people when you're in the Walmart. In the South, we call it the Redneck Macy's. I mean, <laughs> begin to pray for the people. And I promise you, most people won't, won't say no. And when you pray for them, expect something to happen. When you pray for them, expect something to happen. No, when you pray for them, expect something to happen. I remember one time I was with my daughter. when she, My daughter used to take, um, she used to play in golf tournaments. And I was with my daughter. And, and she was, I used to drive her for hours just to see this one teacher. And um, I, I remember we're there right out there on the driving range with a lot of people out there. And I, I remember I said to the I said to the my daughter's teacher because she was she tell she's in pain in her back and she, and I said what's wrong with you and she's oh just golf injury from since I was a girl little girl and uh, I said well let's pray for you God will heal you right now it's, it's, listen it's it's got to come na- that natural to you hello it's got to come that natural you know what my daughter and I prayed for right there in front of everybody on the on the golf course. Right in front of everybody. Why? Because don't be ashamed of the gospel. No, don't, don't be ashamed of the gospel. I've watched people, I've watched people, oh, come on, come on, come over here away from the people and let's pray. Why? Why? They'll drink their alcohol in front of you. Come on. They'll, they'll, talk, they'll, talk about, they'll talk about their wickedness that they participated in the night before in front of you. Come on. They'll smoke their cigars in front. Come on, church. They'll sit and damn God in front of you. So why do you want to go to why do you want to go to, to to the back and pray? Listen, it's time that the church come out. It's time. Listen, everybody else is coming out. Church better will come out. No, I'm, I'm I'm serious. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church. Stop being timid and be bold. No, stop being timid and be bold. No, come on, stop being timid and be bold. If you, listen, I promise you, it's the bold that sees the miraculous. It's the bold that sees the miraculous. It's the bold that sees His hand move. It's the bold that sees the signs and wonders and miracles. 
Amen? Oh, he's a big God, but God needs us. God wants to operate in, in, through us. That's why he needs us to be bold. He needs us to be radical. Amen? He need, Listen, the world's radical. They preach their gospel. Hello? They put, they, listen, and they put it in your face. Watch TV today. Only thing I watch, I, I mean, I remember I called, my, I called my cable provider when I was home. We had all like hundreds of all these hundreds of channels. I think it was direct TV. And, and I don't need, I, I called my cable provider. I said, look, I, said, I, I, I don't want all these channels. I don't need all these channels. Okay, well, Mr. Moore, we can, we, can, we can work with you. I said, look, I just need one channel. It's all I need. And she went quiet. I actually said, said, hello. She goes, no, 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 I'm here. Mr. Moore, we've just never had this request. She says, can I ask what channel you need? I said, I only need the golf channel. It's all I need. <laughs> 218 on direct TV. That's all I need. <laughs> she said, well, we could help you with that. I said, good. Now, what's my bill going to go down to? Well, <laughs> we can't just, you know, you know, pay for one channel. You're going to have to have a package. Well, I don't need a package. <laughs> no, but I, listen, sports, I watch more sports than anything. There's a few things on, I like the History Channel. I mean, some of the stuff I watch, but the Gold Diggers and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, I don't watch any of the stuff. I wa- actually, there was this one show I did get into called Alone. Anybody ever seen it? It's Alone. I actually, they, w- they wanted me to actually be on that show. They actually called me and asked me if I'd like to be on the, the reality show Alone. I was, I, I was talking. I told my wife I was going to do it. She said, you, she said you'll die. <laughs> because you got to go out there. No, they asked me if I wanted to be on Naked and Afraid. They did. I said, I don't want to be on that show. <laughs> no, they did. They said, would you like to be on Naked and Afraid? No, I don't think I'll do that one. <laughs> they did. They asked me. I feel my face getting all red right now. But, <laughs> but they asked me. I said, no. Church, I said, no. Don't leave here and say, hey, the evangelists that they had at Abundant Life Church are going to be on Naked and Afraid. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be. But they asked me at the other show alone where you had to, you only get 10 things and you get, they drop you in the middle of some, wherever and you've got to survive. And whoever survives the longest wins like, you know, half a million dollars and one guy lasted 80-some days, and, and I got to thinking about it. I was going to do it, and I got to thinking about it, and it's like, nah, <laughs> I, I don't want to be away because I'd be in it to win it. And I don't, I don't want to be away from my wife that long. I don't want to be away from my daughter that long. And besides that, I don't want to take three months off and not preach. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. I don't know even know why I'm saying that, but what I'm, what I, but I am saying it this because it's in your face. Just watch even the commercials. I was watching the, the, the golf tournament the other day, and I had to pause it and, and rewind the TV. I'm like, did I just think I see it was a it was a BMW commercial, and I had to rewind it. Did I just see that? And they showed it. It was right right there in your face. Two men just making out. Two men kissing. 
It's on CBS on the Golf Channel. I'm like, what? See, my, my point is this. They're preaching their gospel, and they're preaching it loud, and they're putting it in your face. Hello? It's not, for time, it's not time for the church to stay in the corner she's been in. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church of the living God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Come on, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus said, he says, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So let's just look at, let's just look at the subject of redemption. Let's just look at what we're supposed to do in remembrance. It's amazing to me how, how, how church today want to, I mean, you look at new churches today. It's, it's amazing to me how they, it's almost like they want to distance themselves from the cross. Do you know those people in America that's never heard of Jesus? I said, do you know those people in America that's never heard of Jesus? I have family members on, on my wife's side and my side that never one time has darkened the door of a church. Never one time. I have a cousin that's an atheist. They don't even, I mean, I, they don't ever even come around. I was reading after this one lady, she's driving down the road. This happened here in America. Driving down the road and she's with her son. Her son's six years old, six, seven years old. And her son says, Mommy, what's that plus sign over there? She's like, what? And she's looking around and she see, she see, and it actually it's what got her to get back in church. She realized how, how far away she's gotten. But she looks and she, she sees that it's a, she's, it's a church steeple with a cross on it. And her son didn't know what the cross was. It was a plus sign to him. That's in America. It's in America. And you know what? There's only one blame. It's the church's fault. It's the church's fault. The world, it, the, it, and, and, and here's here, it, really what it comes down to, the world believes more in their message than the church believes in hers. Because if you really believed in your message, you would proclaim it. I didn't mean for it to get so quiet in this Presbyterian church, but it is the truth. <laughs> no, it is the truth. We've got to rise up and be the church. We have to rise up and be the church. That's why I am so thankful for the church that I attend. I mean, the Bible school students, I mean, when my daughter went there, my daughter graduated from there. Every quarter they had to lead 125 people to the Lord before they can graduate to the next quarter. Now, man, people say, they hear that number and think, wow, that's just, man. But the reality is this. It's so easy to get people saved. It is so easy to get people saved. They want to know. They want to know. We have this lady at our church let me t- I tell you this testimony. We have a lady at our church. She's 45 years old. Well, she's probably almost 50 now. But when she came to our church, Pastor, she's 45 years old. She's known nothing all of her life. Her mother and her grandmother, all of her life, she's known nothing but government assistance. She's lived in the projects all of her life. She's never, ne- never known, I mean, just food stamps and all, what are all the different government programs they have today. She's never known nothing. But she comes to our church because our church will spend $10,000 a week 
and we'll go to the inner city. Because people have forgotten about the inner city. They have. They've forgotten about the inner city. Half of our church is inner city. We've probably got about 2,000. Oh, it's probably about 1,800 people come every Sunday. Half of them are inner city. And they call, and they listen, and you don't mess with, you don't mess with, with our pastor because, you know, because they feel, they feel wanted, they feel loved. You know, people want to feel wanted and loved. And so we, we, we spend, and here's the thing that's about it, $10,000 a week, people say, man, that must cut into your budget. Well, first off, who cares if it does? Because it's not about the budget, it's about people. It's about reaching people. Amen? So if you, if, you, if you make everything a budget and everything money, then you're never going to go after people. Because all everything's all about the money. Well, we don't have the money. Well, when did God ever tell us to make that an issue? Hello? I can promise you this church wasn't started because they finally had the money to start the church. No. <laughs> Hello? And so... We'll have big, these big old like Greyhound buses, some school buses too, and go, go to the inner city. And every, every Sunday they meet at a certain time, pick them up, and the buses are full. The buses are full. And we, we bring them in. And I tell you, listen, I'm telling you, and you've got to deal with some things. I mean, do you know what the number one, listen, here's what's so crazy. Do you know what the number one thing stolen, this is throughout America. Do you know the number one thing stolen in, in churches today is a Bible. How can you read a Bible that you stole? <laughs> I mean, how? How? I couldn't. How would you open up and read it knowing that you stole it? <laughs> but that's the number one thing stolen in the churches today. But, it, but we go get we go get them. And here's the thing: this lady, so she gets on the bus for the first time five years ago. She gets on the bus. She comes to the service, and our, our services are long. We, we start at 9.30 and it's over about 2. And she hears the God. She comes to the altar and gets saved. And every Sunday, every Sunday we'll, have, we'll have about 150 to 200 people answer the altar call every Sunday. Matter of fact, matter of fact, my pastor, he'll gauge the anointing on your life by the people that answer the altar call. I'm just thankful every time I preach there, we have a packed altar. <laughs> Matter of fact, he had this evangelist in, and there's something like 50 people answered their altar call. So my pastor calls him and said, what's going on in your life? And anyway, it's another subject. And so she gets, she gets saved. She gets saved. She starts coming to the church, Pastor Don. She starts coming to the church. She realizes that poverty is a curse. She realizes that she's been under the curse for all, for all of her life, her mother has and her grandmother. She realizes that she's been set free from the curse. She realizes that she's become the redeemed of the Lord. And because she's the redeemed of the Lord, poverty shouldn't be in her life. And so she asked God, to, Lord, show me how to get out. Do you know the Lord gave her an idea? The very first year... Going to our, coming to our church. After about six, eight months, she got off government assistance. The first year, she made $35,000. God gave her an idea. This is a lady who's never n- known nothing but projects and the government assistance. The first year, she made $35,000. The 
the second year, she made almost $100,000. The third year, she made over a quarter of a million dollars. And this year, she's on pace to do over a half million dollars. Just because she came, heard the word, believed it, got faithful in church. Now she's out of, she's, she, listen, she's out of the projects, got her a very nice home, got her office in her home, and she's living better than people that have served God their whole life. She just applied the word to her life. She just applied what she heard. She came in, believed it, didn't question it, believed it, and applied it. She asked God to give her an idea. God gave her an idea. She's going to, she's going to do over half a million dollars this year after just five years. Matter of fact, she's on pace to do over a million dollars in the next couple of years. A year. You know what she does? You know what's so simple? Do you know how she makes her money? It's so simple. How many of you want to know how she makes her money? Come back tonight and I'll tell you. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's very simple. She sells things on eBay. That's how she does it. She still sells things on eBay. She can do over half a million dollars this year. Obviously, the Lord's blessed her. Obviously, the hand of God's on her. Amen. So, but what I'm, but my point is this: if as it's the church, if we'd have never went, she'd have never known, and she'd still be in that bondage. We as the church have to go. And everything can't be left up to the pastors. And that's what the church, everything, everybody wants to leave things up to the pastors. But no, it's, that's, it's not up to the pastor. It's up to you, the body of Christ. Because there's people you're going to reach that I'll never be able to reach. There's people that you're going to be able to reach that your pastors will never be able to reach. But you know what's happened is that we've got this watered down message now in the body of Christ. We've got this watered down message now when it comes to the cross. I'm going to read something to you. This is from, from, from back at the turn of the century. Listen to what this, this powerful man of God said. This is with the turn of the century. He said this. He said, One of the chief problems in the church today is that we have attempted to tame the Lion of Judah. We have sanitized, we have sugar-coated and psychologized our faith to the point that it is bland, unthreatening, and mediocre to a fault. Our problem is that we have ceased to be radicals as was the early church, because we have forgotten that the cross is a radical thing. The cross was offensive because it was an instrument of excruciating torture and death. But yet everything we believe, everything we believe has to have its foundation in the cross. Everything. And I hear people talk about, you know, that we're, we're not, you know, the cross is a place of death, but it, it is a place of death. And, and I've heard people, we've got to move on from the cross. But understand something. Why do we have to move on from the cross? Paul never moved on from the cross. Paul didn't move on from the cross. Listen to what he says in the Corinthians. Listen to what he says in Galatians. Listen to what he says in Peter. Listen, I mean, Peter. Listen to what he said in Thessalonians. Listen to what Paul's writings about the cross. Obviously, Paul didn't think, forget about the cross. Paul said, I only don't want to know one thing, and that's Jesus and Him crucified. But yet, when you understand what the crucifixion, what took place during the crucifixion, you'll understand why hell would have never crucified Him. Go with me to Isaiah 53. 
Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And let's just look at the redemption here. Isaiah chapter 53. And I've mentioned verse 1 a few times this week, but I just want to mention it again. Look at Isaiah 53. He says, Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, the reason why you see the arm of the Lord here is because this has to do with redemption. Understand, when it has to do with redemption, God, He couldn't just use His hand or His finger. The Bible says that Jesus cast out devils with His finger. Amen? And He did a lot with His finger. But understand something. When it came to redemption, the Bible talks about the arm of the Lord. Why? Because when it comes to the subject of redemption, God had to roll up His sleeve. And when God raised up Jesus, listen to me, when God raised up Jesus, it took God's arm. When God raised up Jesus from the dead, He didn't just raise up Jesus from the dead. He raised you and I from the dead. He raised us up. And the Bible says, Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, what was it that His arm did? And as we begin to read it, and I don't have time, you're just going to have to get my book. As soon as I write it. And, <laughs> but, but listen, let's just read in verse 2. For he grew up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has had no form or majesty that we should look upon him. No appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected. Just listen to the words that are used. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with, with grief, which is actually the word sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Just listen to the words that are used here. Actually, that word, I do want to bring this out. The word grief there is actually the word sickness. Do you know 26 other times... 20, 26 other times in the Word of God, the, the translators translated this same word, sickness. And it's only here in Isaiah that they translated it, griefs. But it's really the word sickness. Matter of fact, one of the modern translations today that, that, that many people use today, um, there was 12 scholars that were translating this new translation. And actually, when they came to Isaiah 53, two of the scholars said, well, it, it, it has to be translated sickness. We've translated sickness 26 other times. So we have to translate sickness. They actually resigned from, from um, uh, having any part in this new translation because the other 10, you know what they said? Here's what the other 10 said. They said, we can't translate it sickness. We have to translate it griefs because if we translate it sickness, then it gives validity to those who believe in divine healing. But yet it is the word, it is the word sickness. So understand, as, as we read, understand something here. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with sickness. Why was he acquainted with sickness? Because he took ours. He took our disease. Understand, this is why Jesus said, when you, when you hold the bread in your hand, do this in remembrance because it was his body. When you hold the cup in your hand, you do this in remembrance because it was his blood. And understand what he did. Uh, listen to me. Jesus didn't just die so you can go to heaven. Jesus didn't die so that we'd have a church to go to. Jesus came to redeem us. Jesus came to give us life. And life more abundantly. Amen. And he goes on to say. 
in verse 4, he goes on to say, Surely he hath bore our sickness. Remember, cross that word griefs out in your, in, 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 it's not griefs, it's sickness. And carried our sorrows, which is the word pains. So let's read it this way. Surely he hath bore, he bore, that means he took, surely he took upon himself our sickness, and he carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Notice he didn't say, with his stripes, we're going to be healed. He said, we are. This is not future tense. This is something that's already taking place. That's why I said the other night, when I made the statement, I said, do you realize that the world is saved? Because Jesus doesn't have to come die again. The problem is, they just haven't received him yet. Do you realize that healing has already been provided? No, healing has already been provided. You are not going to be healed. You are. You're not going to be blessed. You are. Now, there's things when it comes to blessing, there's things that we have to do to get that which is in the realm of the Spirit to be manifested in this natural realm. Just like, understand something, just like you had to do something to cause salvation to be manifested in your life, you, it's the same thing when it comes to healing to be manifested in your life. It's the same thing when it comes to blessing, prosperity to be manifested in your life. Because understand something, it's, it's, it's the hand of obedience or it's the hand of faith. That it, that it's your act of believing that reaches into the realm of the Spirit and grabs that which God has already done and brings it into this natural realm that we live that's manifested into our life. And people, that's why I've said people just write, well, if the Lord wants it, it's just going to happen. No, 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 no. You have to initiate it. You, listen to You have to activate it. Don't, don't listen. There's absolutely no faith in that statement. Well, if the Lord wants it, this is going to happen. There's absolutely no faith in that statement because that puts everything onto God. But it's not about God, it's about you. It's about us. We have to do something. And as a result of what we do in the Spirit, it's manifested in this natural world that we live in, the natural realm in which we live in. You are the healed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You're not going to be healed. You are healed. That's what the Bible says. That's what Scripture says. The problem is, is that people, it's, it's amazing. Here we are in 2020. It, listen, we've had some of, the, some of the greatest teachers, some of the greatest preachers have come from America. We've had tons and tons and tons of revelation over the, over the centuries that, that God has given. And yet here we are in 2020 and people still believe that God makes people sick to teach them something. We still have people believe that God, God sent poverty to teach people, to keep them humble. That's what religion portrays. Well, you know, Brother Richard, you know, you know, the Pope took a vow of poverty. Are you kidding me? Do you know where he lives? 
got the best of the best. You, you kidding me? Besides that, he drives around in a $4 million Pope mobile. Are you kidding me? Took a vow of poverty? Stop. See, that's what religion portrays. But the problem is, you know, I remember years ago, I, I, I heard a story about this is the turn of the century. And it reminds me of church people. When I read the story, it reminded me of church people today. There was this man in England, and his, his wife had died. His daughter had married an American, and they have two grandchildren. And his wife died, and he didn't want to spend the rest of his life in, in the UK. This was the turn of the century. There was no planes and stuff. It's a steamship. And so he wanted to come to America, and he wanted to spend the rest of his days in America with his uh, daughter, grandkids, and son-in-law. And so he, he wasn't, didn't have any money. So he would work. So he would work extra work, and he would he work up to three jobs just to save money to come to America, to purchase him a ticket. And finally, he, he worked the jobs, almost worked himself to death, but he finally got the money. And he was able to go to the, the company and buy him a ticket. And, and he can only afford the cheapest ticket was like in the bottom of the boat. But he didn't care. And he had just a little bit of money left over. So he bought himself some cheese and crackers. It was a two-week voyage. But he didn't care. See, when you get people that are desperate, he didn't care that he's going to eat every day. Just, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, cheese and crackers. But he's coming to America. Be with his kids daughter and grandbabies and son-in-law. This is the, most, the most dangerous person there is is a hungry person. The most dangerous person there is is a desperate person. Because hungry people are going to do what satisfied people won't do. Desperate people will do what satisfied people won't do. And he said during his voyage, he would go upstairs and he'd look into the window and look at them just eating, he'd see the smorgasbord of food, the smorgasbord of, of all, all the, the desserts and all this food. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I so want to be in there. But he, he was regulated to his cheese and crackers. As they came to New York City, the boat landed, getting off, he's getting off, he sees his daughter and son-in-law and grandbabies there. And he's so excited but he had cheese and crackers for two weeks. And as he's getting off the boat, the captain's shaking people's hands. And when he shook the captain's hand, the captain grabbed his hand and said, said to him, Sir, how was, your, how was your voyage? Oh, the captain was awesome. Great. I'm in America. I see my family. I live in America. He said, the captain said to him, he said, How come I didn't see you eating at, at, at my dinner table? And he said, Sir, he said, Captain, he said, When I purchased my ticket, I only had enough money. I didn't have money for the food. So I bought some cheese and crackers, and I lived on cheese and crackers for two weeks. The captain stepped back and got all embarrassed, and the captain said to him, he said, Sir, didn't they tell you that when you purchased your ticket, all the food was included? And when I read that, that reminds me of Christians. Most Christians don't understand what's included in redemption. They, most Christians see Christianity as missing hell and going to heaven. But they don't understand what's been granted to us in this life. 
And when you understand what's granted, what's been given to you in this life, you'll never fear nothing ever again. Hello, listen to me. You'll never fear nothing ever again. You'll realize that you have authority and that you have power and that you are the redeemed of the Lord, that you are blessed, that death has no place in your life, that sickness and disease has no place in your life, that poverty has no place in your life. That's why Jesus, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And let's read a couple more verses. And then I'm going to, but listen to what he says here. In verse, look at verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. Now listen. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you know what God himself did? Actually, you keep reading. The Bible says that it pleased the Lord to do this. It pleased the Lord to lay on Jesus our iniquity. It pleased the Lord to lay on Jesus our poverty. It pleased the Lord to lay on Jesus our cancer. It pleased the Lord to lay on Jesus our heart disease. Come on. It pleased the Lord to lay upon Jesus our diseases, our sicknesses, our death, our poverty. Come on. Everything that came as a result of the fall of man. It pleased the Lord. And the Bible says here that... That the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all in verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as the lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. The Bible says here in the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, I'm going to read from the Amplified. But I want you to understand something, that Jesus' suffering didn't start on the cross. His suffering didn't start during the scourging. In Matthew 26, verse 36 from the Amplified Bible, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. Everybody say Gethsemane. And he told his disciples, Sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. I like that, go over yonder. Verse 37, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show, listen to what the Bible says, he began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. Then he said to them, my soul is very sad and deeply grieved so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and you desire. The Bible says that Jesus suffered grief, distress. He was deeply depressed. Sweat, of, listen to me, he sweat blood. He had blood coming out of his pores of his skin. And the Bible says in verse 38, he says, Then he said to them, My soul is very sad and deeply grieved, so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. Jesus almost died in the garden. The emotional distress, understand, that Jesus was going through was so intense that he almost died. Why? Because Jesus was going to take on sin. He was going to take on our judgment, our sickness, our disease. And here he is praying in the garden. 
And as I mentioned the other night, he's not praying to live. But understand, he's not praying to be able to, to bear it because he knew why he came here. He's praying to live because he said he was almost dying of sorrow in the garden. So he had to pray. Why? Because if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption. If he would have died in the garden, there would have been no purchase of you and I. There would have been no purchase of our sickness. He purchased our sickness. He purchased our death. He purchased our poverty. He purchased it. And if he would have died in the garden, there would have been no redemption. Not only that, the Bible says he opened not his mouth. If God would, listen, if Jesus would have opened his mouth, God would have delivered him. God would have delivered him, but he opened not his mouth. Now, we see what happens when he opens his mouth, don't we? We see what happens when he opens his mouth. I mean, what did he say with uh, uh, Lazarus? Remember, Lazarus been dead four days. What did he say? Lazarus, come forth. And then all of a sudden, here we see Lazarus come forth, wrapped in the grave clothes. We see what happens when he opens his mouth. Did you notice he didn't just say, come forth? He had to be specific. Lazarus come forth. Because <laughs> if he had just said come forth, then all the dead would have raised. He had to be specific. Lazarus come forth. Jesus prays through in the garden. He prays through. Then all of a sudden, 600 mighty warriors, soldiers come to get him. 600 of them. Why did they send 600? Obviously, they knew the power that he operated in. They knew the authority that he operated in. Matter of fact, he goes on to say to Pilate, he says, what are you, Dustin, you have no authority unless it be given to you from my Father which is in heaven. You have no authority. But Jesus walked in that authority. Jesus walked in that divine nature that you and I have. And the moment you have revelation of it, the moment you come into an understanding of it, the moment it goes from mineral sin and drops into your spirit and becomes revelation, your whole life, your whole world, and everybody you know is going to change. And the Bible says 600 mighty soldiers come and they say, we seek Jesus. And the Bible says, I am. I am. I am. Actually, the word he is italicized. Think about this. Really, we seek Jesus. I am. The same I am that spoke in the garden is the same I am that spoke from a burning bush. Moses, who am I? Who's, who am I to say that send me? I am that I am. I am spoke out of a bush, and I am spoken again in a garden. I am. And the Bible, listen, there was so much life. There was so much power. There was so much authority in his words that the moment he said, I am, the listen to me, the power of God took all 600 of these Roman soldiers to the ground. We know what happens when he opens his mouth. I mean, we can see, we won't tell, have time to go there, but we can see in Acts 22. We can see what happened when Paul opened his mouth because they were, they were gonna, they were gonna, um, scourge Paul. They were gonna crucify Paul. And Paul said, but I, I'm a Roman citizen. And then they start freaking out because you're, you're not allowed to do that to Roman citizens. You're not allowed to scourge them and crucify Roman citizens. 
Because to understand the crucifixion wasn't for Roman citizens. It's actually one of the most brutal forms of torture there is. And Paul said, well, Paul opened his mouth. We see what happens. Paul opened his mouth and he said, I'm a Roman citizen. Then they begin to freak out. Then they go get, then they'll go get the authority. And they said, you realize you're about ready to, you're about ready to scourge a Roman citizen. And they, and, and, and they freak out. Then they come running to him. Are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I'm a Roman citizen. We see what happens when your mouth, so it, it, it's amazing what happened if you just get bold and open your mouth. 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 Suck <laughs> out of the mouths of bay. I like that. See, out of, out of the mouth of two wee witnesses. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but do, but do, you, do, you, do you understand the pressure that Jesus was going through under? I, I'll give you another example. I, I never went to secular college. Had never had no desire to. How many went to secular college? Raise your hand. Okay, it's not a bad thing. I'm not, this is not, this is, it's okay. I mean, nothing wrong with going to college. Raise your hand if you went to college. How, okay, now more people raise their hand. How many of you was in a fraternity? Okay, one. Anybody else in a fraternity? Nobody else? Okay, one person. Well, in, in, in a lot of fraternities, they have a hazing process. Did you go through that? Oh, yeah. So he said, oh, yeah. And so... This just this happened here just a few years ago. There was this kid going into this fraternity, and so but his initiation, they 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 blindfolded him, tied his hands up or duct taped him, put him in the back of a car, and would drive him around the city and out in the country, and they take turns real fast and go over the bump just to throw him around the back of the trunk. And so, but they so they take him outside. I mean, they take him out in the country. And they take him and get him out of the car, and he's hollering, well, he don't want this done anymore. But it, you know, it's the initiation for this fraternity. They take him, and they tie him up to a railroad track. When they come back for him a few hours later, he's dead. The train didn't run over him, but he's dead. Think about what Jesus was going through, because the Bible says that drops of blood, the sorrow, the anguish that he was going through, that he was going to take upon man sin and iniquity, disease, poverty, death, separation from his father. But what the kid didn't know is that there was two sets of tracks, a live set and a dead set. My, my brother works for the railroad. He, and the dead set is what the track don't, I mean, the train doesn't run on. But they didn't, this kid didn't know that they tied him up to a dead, the dead tracks. And what, they, and what it was said with the coroner is that the anguish that this 18, 19-year-old boy went through when he heard the train coming, knowing that he was tied to the track. The anguish that he was about ready to be run over by a train exploded his heart. Exploded his heart. 
Understand what Jesus was going through in the garden. That's why he prayed to live. Why? So he can redeem us. Think about his love. So he could redeem us. So he could redeem us. So that you could be here today free from poverty, sin, sickness, and disease. I am. 600 soldiers went to the ground. Understand Jesus was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He let himself go to stand before Pilate. And then they scourged him. Shoved a throne on his head. Spit in his face. Pulled out his beard. The very ones that he come to redeem crucified him. They didn't realize as, they, as, as the religious leaders, crucify him, crucify him. They was really crucifying the blood covenant God. And yet they led him to the scourging. And they stripped him naked. There was about a two foot post. And there was chains they put on both hands. They stretched out his arms. They stretched out his legs. So that when that, those two Roman soldiers would whip him with, the, with that scourge, with that cat of nine tails, that he couldn't wiggle. And the Bible says that they, 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 that, that literally he was mutilated. That his bones began to stare at him. His spine was revealed. His, understand, chunks of flesh were being th- thrown that day in, in that chamber as he was being mutilated. But you know there was a diff- there was something different about this crucifixion because just a few hours before that, the Bible says that there was a lady that so loved him that she anointed him with a very expensive perfume. She she broke his her alabaster box over him, and there was something different this day because that alabaster box that perfume got into his skin. And when chunks of flesh began to fly, there was an aroma that was in the room. But there was also an aroma that went up before God. Mankind is being redeemed. Mankind is being redeemed. Jesus is bearing the sickness, the disease of mankind. And then they let him, and I'm cutting this short. There's so much to get into here. But then they let him. They, actually, actually, historians will tell us that probably the most painful thing that Jesus went through is as he was just bones laying on that, as they nailed him to that cross. And as they lifted the cross up, and as, as the cross would be jolted into the slot, there would, would be enough pain to kill a man. And for six hours, the Lord of glory hung on that cross mutilated. You couldn't even recognize him. How many saw the movie, The Passion of the Christ? You know, they're making another one, too. How many saw the movie? Listen, that was the most, some of the most graphic scenes of Jesus. Thank God somebody came, you know, somewhat close. But even, even during that movie, that doesn't do it, justify, that doesn't ju- do it justice. Because at least in that movie, you could tell he was still a man. You couldn't tell who he was. 
That's why when you see these Hollywood movies of Jesus hanging on the cross with a little thing of blood coming, stop. It's a mockery. It's a mockery. He was mutilated. Chunks of his flesh was taken from him. And he hung there on that cross for six hours. And he only said seven things. And the last thing, it is finished. And then he went to hell for you and I. He went to hell for you and I. But then God raised him. But then God raised him. And the very Holy Ghost that raised him from the dead is the very Holy Ghost that's come to live and dwell on the inside of you and I. The reality is, you don't know who you are. But the moment you come into an understanding of who you are, the moment you come into an understanding of who your daddy is, I should write a book, call it, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> you, should write it, you should come up with a sermon, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> because most people don't know. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? But who are you? That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We've been redeemed. Let me I'm, uh, close with this. Listen to me. Get my book. Listen to me. And I will write it. I might be 90, but I'm going to write one. Listen to me. <laughs> my daughter will probably write one before me. But listen. I shouldn't confess that. But listen. Jesus didn't leave heaven, come to this earth, take upon flesh and blood, be scourged, mutilated, hang on a cross, go to hell, be raised from the dead, set at the right hand of the Father for you and I to live in hell on our way to heaven. Jesus came to give us life. He didn't go through all that for you and I to live sick, to live poor, to live defeated on our way to heaven. He came to give us life. He came to give us His life. He came to give us His life. He came to give us His life. Those of you that are born again in this, how many of you here, if you listen to me, how many of you here today, if you was to, if you was to die this afternoon, you know that you know that you know that you know you're going to heaven. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. Everybody here. Understand something. You are the redeemed of the Lord. And He's given you His life. He's freed us from poverty, from sickness, and, to de and death. And God's purpose for the church, for you and I, is not to put our faith and trust in money, not to put our faith and trust in people, but put our faith and trust in Him. I promise you, you put your faith and trust in money, you'll be let down. You put your faith and trust in man, you'll be let down. But you put your faith and trust in God, and you'll never be let down. You'll never be let down. You'll never be let down. 
And I pray in the name of Jesus that every one of you here come into an understanding today. I, I pray that it starts in the name of Jesus, that revelation. Oh, come on, that revelation begins to take place in your spirit, that you begin to rise up because you begin to see that you are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah, I'm getting more response from the babies. Hallelujah. But that's okay. That you are the redeemed of the Lord. 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 Come on, church. You are. You're not going to be. You are. That's why we fear viruses, flus, pestilence. What? Disease. What? Don't don't affect affect me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, don't affect me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, church. Who's coming? Who cares? Do you know who backs me? (laughs) See, do you know who you are? Do you know who backs? Do you know all of heaven backs you? Do you know all of heaven backs you? Do you know all of heaven backs you? There's absolutely nothing you need to fear. Because we are the blood-bought church of the living God. Come on, we are the blood-bought church of the living God. Come on, we are the blood-bought, redeemed church of the living God. And sickness and disease has no place in our life. Poverty has no place in our life. (coughs) We used to sing a song. (coughs) Excuse me. We used to sing a song. In, in church, I haven't heard it for years. We stopped singing it for some reason, but there used to be a song that we used to sing. I am redeemed. I, how many heard the song? I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Filled with the Holy Ghost, I am all my sins are washed away. I am redeemed. Oh, come on, keep going. Yeah. And that's not all. Come on, come on. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Well, I come to you because I don't know the other part. Who knows the other part? No, but we should sing that song. I am redeemed. But isn't it amazing how we get away from it? But Jesus said, we'll get ready to take communion as the ushers come right now. We'll get ready to take communion. So I want you to see now, as you hold that, whatever is in the bread, I hope it's not one of the fishes. You know, I was at a church one time, you know the little goldfishes? They served the goldfishes. And I was so hungry. And I ate a goldfish and I was like, I want to get a whole bunch more. <laughs> and just eat them, man. <laughs> Come, go ahead and pass the communion out. Hallelujah. <laughs> the little, little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the little goldfishes. <laughs> man, they were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. You know why we? You know why we take communion? Not just listen. Whoops, whoops. 
also take communion because it's our protection. Have you just understood what they put in the foods today? Come on, just the stuff they put in the foods. And unfortunately, I, I, my wife and I have to pray more because, we, you know, we, we live in restaurants and live in, live in hotels. And I mean, last night, I, I, I just, I told pastor, I text pastor, I, I don't want to go. I stayed in my hotel room the whole day. The whole day, I didn't get it. I just went out to go downstairs to eat a burger. That's it. I was going to order, but it'd take over an hour for room service. So I just stayed in my room the whole day. Just because I didn't want to be around money. But I just stayed there. No, I'm teasing. I am so teasing. I'm so teasing. I am so teasing. I love your pastor. He's been picking on me all week. You don't see it, but he's been picking on me all week. <laughs> uh, listen, I, and I'll say it again. I'm so thankful for your pastors that... They've come into our lives and awesome people. You, listen, you, you are a member of an awesome church. You, you, you are a member of an awesome church. But how many know that we need to get more people to understand what's in their backyard? Now, do you know how many people, listen to me, do you know how many people just in this few mile, just a few miles around this church would do anything they could to get here if they knew it was here. That's why we, you got to go tell them. You got to tell them. You got to tell them. You got to tell them. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Rashaka Rabashi. I'm still waiting for everybody to get served. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And tonight was special anointing service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My wife is going to be, what is those, what's those dates? March 13th, 14th. March 13th and 14th. You're going to be down in Salem with um, huh? Woman's a woman's gathering. Yeah. And um, just, just for women. And um, I encourage you to go to, to that. Hallelujah. It'll be, you'll be, my daughter's going to be there. My precious little, little girl. Amen. She's going to be there. Hallelujah. She, huh? Yeah, I know she's 25, but she's still my girl. I, I, I tell her all the time, I'm not letting up. I tell her all the time, I want babies. Give me, give me, give me grandbaby. I want grandbaby. She's so tired of hearing it, but I don't care. <laughs> she, she is. That's right. I, like the other day, on she put on her Instagram story, she's holding a baby. I'm like, oh. I mean, she just gave, she just gave me, she just gave me, you know, ammunition. I, I, wrote, I wrote to her. <laughs> Grandbabies, hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you married and haven't had kids, but you want kids? Who else? Steve? Well, well, he's going to get them. We got to get them married. He's going to get I need to bring Stephen to Tampa for a couple of years. Then come back. I always, when I give Bible school scholarships, I tell them, look, you have... You, you have to, before I give you the scholarship, you have to promise me that after two years you'll come back and help the church. Amen? You've got to come back. I don't understand why people go off to Bible school. I mean, Tulsa's full of people that went off to Bible school to, and doing nothing. Go back to your church and help that church. Amen? Tulsa don't need you. Go back to, no, and the same with, the, same with Tampa. Tampa don't need you to stay there. Come, go back to your church, wherever you come from. Amen? And help that pastor. 
Help that pastor. Amen? So I tell people when I give them scholarships, because we give scholarships at our Bible school. Only thing they got to pay for is their, their housing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. She's coming, Stephen. Oh, is that everybody? Everybody been served? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you. I'm going to tell you what. Here, let's just do this. Take a, just take a few moments. Just close your eyes. And just, the Bible says examine yourself. Just begin to examine yourself. If there's, any, if there's something in your life that shouldn't be, then examine yourself and ask the Lord to forgive you. But just examine yourself. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, we hold on our hand. Lord, this bread that represents your body, Lord, you said as often as we do this, do it in remembrance of you. And, Father, we do this in remembrance of you on that day when you bore our sickness, you bore our diseases, you bore our death, you bore our poverty. Lord, you took it upon yourself. And, Lord, that's why you said that with your stripes we have been made whole. With your stripes we've been healed. And so, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus as we partake of this body. Lord, we receive divine healing. We receive strength. We receive healed bodies in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take upon me. Lord, we thank you for this cup that represents your blood. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed. It reaches to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley and it never loses its power. Lord, thank you for this blood that cleanses us. Lord, we thank you for the blood that you shed. And Lord, as we hold this cup in our hand, Lord, we, we remember you on that day when you shed your blood for us. And Lord, we totally receive right now, we receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Who not the Lord good? Oh, come on, church. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? Hallelujah. Let me ask you, is there anybody you'll not be back here tonight? Because tonight we're going to have a special anointing service. You'll not be back tonight? Two people. Okay, I want to pray for you today then. Is there anybody else you'll not be back tonight? Okay, okay. Three people. I don't want to ask it again because more hands will go up. No, no. No, anybody. No, this is serious. You will not be back tonight. Raise your hand. Okay. Come, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. And then, then we're going to give you an opportunity to receive an offering. Then we'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock. Hallelujah. Just come stand right here. Oh, there's more people coming from this side. All right. Come, come, come up here. If we can just get the ushers to move this. The Lord touched you Friday night, didn't he? Amen. Have you been to church here before? No, this one, no. no not this one? But you're back here. To, you're back here today. Yes, right. Hallelujah. What's your name? Rosa. Rosa. Do you, do you speak English? Yeah. Okay. Little, uh, my, my Spanish is poquito. No, español. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know fuego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know mas fuego. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know taco, burrito. <laughs> <laughs>
But listen, God touched you Friday night. And you'll never be the same. And God, listen, and because, because God brought you here Friday night, I'm so glad to see you here today. This is, this is, this is your family. This is your church. This is your family. And, and you'll, listen, as you come, you're going to grow in the things of God. And you watch, you watch and see what God does for you. Never the same. I'm going to have my wife come. And we're going to pray. Do you need to be healed in your body? Yes. What's wrong? Your physical body? Well, as we pray for you, the power of God's going to go into you. Rosa, uh, what is your name again? Rosa. Rosa. Is that right? Rosa? Rosa. Rosa. Father, I thank you right now for Rosa. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Jesus. In the name of Jesus, never the same, Rosa. The fire, the, oh yeah, there's that anointing going to you. Yeah, from your head to the soles of your feet. Jesus name never the same never the same Father I thank you right now it was the moment I laid my hands upon you Jesus name Whew. oh yeah that anointing right now that anointing right now saturates you in the name of Jesus that anointing touches you right now Lord we thank you for your touch Lord we thank you Jesus name the name of Je- oh yeah oh yeah it's that anointing go right in you that's the fire of the Holy Ghost Never the same, never the same. Just receive right now. Jesus name. Oh yeah. The fire. Oh yeah, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Never the same. Just receive right now. Jesus. Oh yeah. I said anointing. That anointing of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. What do we thank you for your touch? Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From her head to the soles of her feet. That anointing destroys every yoke. And sets the captive in the name of Jesus. Your body free from sickness and disease in Jesus' name. What's your name, son? What's your name? Kimba. Kimba. Have you, have, you, have you invited Jesus into your life? If you was to die today, do you know you'd go to heaven? How do you know? I don't, I don't speak English. You don't speak English? Okay, well, just pray this with me. Okay, say this with me. Say, dear Jesus... Say, Jesus, come into my life. I give you my heart. Wash me in your blood. And I receive you now. Yes, as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, you speak Spanish? Okay. I'm not Spanish. No, oh, but, he, but he, 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 he heard me. Okay, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hands. Lord Jesus. Raise your hands. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Jesus. We thank you for your touch, Lord. We thank you for your power. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sister, for... What's your name? No, no. Sister, what's your name? Charity. Charity, thank you for wanting to help. Hallelujah. Thank you. I, I should learn Spanish. <laughs> I actually had a lady leave my meeting one time and said she's never coming back. She was an English teacher. She said, I'm never coming back to my meetings ever again. My wife said, why? She said, because your husband destroys the English language. 
You know, she, I thought, well, that's her problem. She left sick and, you know, she came in sick and left sick. Hallelujah. Hey, that's silly. But, hey, you know, people, people let that happen. Anyway, praise the Lord. But we'll be back here tonight. Ushers, come. We'll give you an opportunity to sow a seed. You know, last Sunday I didn't receive an offering. <laughs> but that's okay. It's not about the Lord. The Lord takes care of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me ask you, you've been in these meetings. Have I one time pulled on people's emotions for an offering? No. Hallelujah. Thank you. Because we actually go the other way. It's, it's not about that. Hallelujah. It's about people getting hold of the revelation of seed time and harvest. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's, I love the babies. Honey, just think. Soon we're going to hear that noise. I can't wait. <laughs> hey, I got to. I got to tell you. We'll, we'll, we'll be out here in just a few minutes. But I got to tell you. You know, you told that story about the lady who was delivered from eating boogers, yeah. which that about grossed me out so much. But you had to tell that story. But <laughs> listen, I had a lady. Listen, I had a lady. A, a man come up and say. He said, "I need to testify." I said. He said, "I got healed in your meeting." I said, "Okay." So he, he was from India. And I said, tell the people, what did you get healed of? He says, I got healed of fatin, fatin, fatin. I said, what? He said, I got healed of fatin, fatin, fatin. I said, I said, sir, one more time. What did you get? I don't understand. He said, I got healed of fatin, fatin. You know, fatin, 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 fatin. <laughs> he says, all day I would do fatin, fatin, fatin. All night, fatin, fatin, fatin. Constantly, fatin, fatin, fatin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But Hallelujah, glory to God! I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, one thing I haven't said here: if you if you on our envelope, if you'd like to be a monthly partner with us, then you could fill that out on the envelope at the top. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah, honey. You want to say anything before I dismiss? Hallelujah. She's going to hear from my wife more tonight. Hallelujah. Don't forget the 13th and 14th of March. Thank you, Jesus. At the River of Salem. You want to talk about what you, while they're filling out the offering? Just talk about it. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to have a good time. They're having a marketplace for, for women that are in business. And what they're doing is Friday night, they're setting up all of their booths. So you can just see all the women in business from all the areas around Salem. Um, and then Saturday, it's a session in the morning. So I'll be speaking Friday night, Saturday morning, breaking for lunch, and then um, Saturday afternoon. We're also going to be doing a panel. So it's a good time of fellowship. Uh, the theme that Pastor Lori Wooten is moving forward. So uh, I'm excited. My daughter's going to be with us. Um, my daughter and I usually go and we speak together. Uh, we have a ministry called Letters to Sarah. And so she's 25 and she has a call of God on her life. And so she's going to come. I don't know if she'll get up, but uh, you'll surely be able to hug her and see her, you know. And so, yes, I am going to have her get up. But predominantly, you know, when we do an event, we do like it together. We're like doing ministry together, and it's really, really beautiful, you know, because we're all to have good fruit. So you know each other by their fruit. So you'll get to see our fruit and our daughter and how that she traveled with us for uh, 20 years. She's homeschooled, and she's just beautiful inside and out. And so it's exciting. So I just invite all of you ladies to come, have a time of fellowship with other women. 
women, invite people that you know, because it's a marketplace. It's a little different than just a conference. Uh, Lori doesn't like to call it a conference. It's a gathering of women. And so we're just going to have a good time in the Lord. There'll be prayer. There'll be good Holy Ghost ministry. And so it'll be exciting. So it's not this weekend, but it, this, this coming weekend, but the following weekend. So hallelujah. Hope you can all come out. And they have, as she said, they started a ministry, my wife and daughter, called Letters to Sarah. Because, listen, it's not hard to raise godly kids in an ungodly world. Amen? It's not. And those of you that, listen, and those of you that might have children that that aren't really where you want them to be right now, your prayers never go unanswered. You know, your prayers don't go unanswered. Listen, your prayers don't go unanswered. They have to serve the Lord. It's according to Scripture. And they will. Listen to me. And they will. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, <clears throat> but um, that, that's actually going to be awesome. Hallelujah. And my wife and actually daughter are going to start, you know, going somewhere monthly to churches monthly and, and doing this. And um, hallelujah. This is the hour of the woman, really. Women need to rise up and take their place. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You submit to your husband, but you need to take your place. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody ready to sow a seed? Ushers, go ahead. Pass the buckets and and we'll see you tonight at six o'clock. Praise the Lord. My daughter is she is she's um she's a combination of both of us. She's got my wife's laugh. Got my wife's looks. Hallelujah. Huh? My wife wanted a daughter that that <laughs> she didn't want. She, my wife didn't want a daughter with red hair and and ruddy complexion, but freckles, because she likes. To, my wife loves to go to the beach, and she wanted to be able to take her daughter to the beach. <laughs> People like me don't like the beach. We don't like the. We get burnt because we got to take a bath and sunblock, you know, and all that stuff. I have no idea why I'm even saying that, but the Lord is good, huh? You know, there's a golf course here that I will play one day. Abandoned dunes, hallelujah. What's that? Oh, you have. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for everyone here today. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I'm looking at a bunch of blessed people at Abundant Life Family Church. And in the name of Jesus, I condemn you to blessing. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. You're blessed. And I have people thinking about that. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand to our feet. Amen. Were you blessed? Yes. Amen. Uh, There's refreshments downstairs. Please make sure and pick up your items, purses, you know, belongings, etc., and uh, you're welcome to go downstairs and fellowship for a little bit. Be back here. What time tonight is service? 6 p.m. Amen? Come expecting. Invite people to come because we're going to have a great time tonight in the Lord. Amen? We love you and God bless you.